Hello and welcome to the latest episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and let me begin by saying Happy New Year to all of you out there listening. Hopefully, this will be a year unlike any in PSG's history where we can finally win the Champions League. Uh, before we get to that, though, we need to discuss PSG's somewhat rocky return to League on Action and an impressive showing by the youngsters in the Coupe de France. Here to help me break it all down once again is Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, Happy New Year. How was your holiday break? Hey, thanks, man. It was uh, it was good. Uh, didn't do a lot. Just stayed at home, hung out with uh, family and friends. But yeah, good. Uh, you know, actually, my my girl, she got me a uh, the, the I think it's the 2005 2006 away kit. It's that chocolate Louis Vuitton inspired one. So Ooh. that was my favorite Christmas gift that I've probably ever got because I know those things are like collectors' items. But yeah, it was good for me. How to go for you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, no PSG kits, unfortunately. I think my my wife said I have too many in the closet, so pretty low key with the kids here, and uh, just enjoyed seeing them open up presents. So, you know, I'm getting old now. It's all about the giving part. So, um, yeah, we had a good time here. Got a little snow. Hopefully, you guys did up there in uh, Idaho. But yeah, it's been it's been a good break. Um, I think the last time we talked was um midway through the world cup so we're not going to talk too much about the world cup but just any thoughts on messi winning it over mbappe that final game that everyone was just raving about just any quick thoughts about that before we get going here uh yeah i guess quick thoughts is um i you know i i'm obviously i'm not french i'm I'm french american you know my my family comes from france way back in the day but um i i tried to not be too invested just because if if france had lost i didn't want to be super super bummed but Man, that was a crazy final, and I was pretty disappointed after that. But um, yeah, obviously our our two Parisians did great in that match, and you know someone had to win it, and and just you know just barely on penalties it was messy. But yeah, honestly, phenomenal World Cup for both of them. Phenomenal World Cup, and really just a testament to PSG. It seemed like every player that was just you know popping. You know, we're here in the United States, and you know if you watch Pardon the Interruption or any of those ESPN shows, they're talking all about Mbappe and Messi and. Some some of them were like shocked. They're like, wait, they play on the same team um, at PSG. And I heard one pundit here was like, do they just win the Champions League every year? And I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Even though you have two of the best players in the world, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. So, yeah, it was a good uh, World Cup for PSG as a whole. And congrats to Messi and Argentina. And it was a phenomenal final. Um, you know, but since that World Cup has ended, um, PSG's played in two league on matches, one Coupe de France. Overall, Ethan, how would you assess PSG's return to action following that World Cup? I'd say it's been it's been decent, probably about uh, as expected. Um, I, you know, we'll talk about it about it more in a bit. But the Lons game, I knew was was going to be tough, and you know, being out so many players and just coming back, I, I know Lons didn't have a bunch, you know, nearly as many guys that they sent to the World Cup as we did, so they had extra time to recover and and kind of. Uh, you know, um, what's the word? I don't know. Just they, they they weren't getting bogged down by the World Cup. They had time to train together. I'm sure they were looking forward to that one. So 
yeah, they played real well, but honestly decent, um, but not great. I think right now, I think I said this uh, about, I think I said this on Twitter about, a, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, but right now it's all about just getting the results. We're not going to play well right now. We've got until uh, February 14th to start playing really well. So the next month is, is going to just be about shaking off rust, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shaking off rust, but there's... Um... You know, overall, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's about as good as we would have expected. I was a little bit surprised to see Mbappe came back for that first game. I thought maybe he would get a little bit of a break, but no. Uh, Messi has been on a break. I think Mbappe, if I'm not mistaken, was allowed to like come to the United States and um, do some sightseeing, have a little break. So, um, yeah, I think it's about as, as good as we could expect. It's kind of like that weird – it's almost like preseason right now, and we're just kind of like finding – our footing right now and we've made some mistakes the the loss at, at lawns which yeah they were definitely waiting for psg that place was going nuts when they were scoring goals against us i mean they were fired up for that that was their champions league final there so um you know don't feel too bad about losing that game it was always going to be tough but let's just get into these fixtures so the win over strasburg uh couldn't have been any closer uh, 2-1 to PSG. Marquinhos scored a goal for both sides. He had an own goal and, and a goal himself. And then uh, Mbappe secured the win with a late penalty in stoppage time. So my first question is, like, for Marquinhos, are you – and maybe I've asked you this before, but, like, are we getting more and more concerned about Marquinhos? He's just been, like, really inconsistent since last season uh, against Real Madrid. Um is it time to like really start wondering what might be going on with him? It's almost seemed like President Kempembe, who like was really great, and now he's come back to earth, and he's super inconsistent. Is this just a way that PSG is, is set up to be really attack heavy, and it's sort of putting a lot of pressure on that defense, or something going on with Marquinhos that you're seeing? And any thoughts on that situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, we know that we've always, uh, the past 10, 12 years, always been buying the the superstars as far as the attack, you know, we've had Zlatan, Cavani, and, and now we've got Eminem. But I would say the, you know, the, the heavy focus on the attack definitely is taken away from the midfield and the defense. And I, I would say Marquinhos, um, I am getting a bit worried about him. He, I mean, you could say that he's one of the unluckiest players ever, uh, just with, with the Champions League mistakes that he's had in the you know past couple of years. Some of those, he didn't even do bad. It's just it kind of falls the wrong way. And um, But it, it is concerning that it's happened, you know, so many times. Uh, what's that phrase? Uh, like something like once is an anomaly and then, you know, twice or, or more is a pattern. And it's kind of becoming a pattern. And I think you're right. Um, and, I, yeah, just our center backs, it seems like we can never have two of them really just on it at the same time. Um, I, I'd even say, you know, Sergio Ramos has been – a bit rusty the past, you know, couple months. and But, yeah, it's it's tough with Marquinhos, although I will say he kind of got robbed of that goal at the end. Uh, the the ref, referee, uh, Clément Turpin, we, we all love him. Um, he's, he, yeah. Uh, but he took that goal away from Marquinhos and then yep. basically forced Mbappe to make a penalty, even though Marquinhos had already bagged the winner. So I, I kind of was hoping that it would be Marquinhos hat trick, although, you know, one of them would have been for Strasbourg. But... You know, yeah, he, he kind of got uh, screwed on that, but I would agree. It's he's getting less and less reliable, and um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I, I'm thinking he's the new Tiago Silva. 
It's just whether it's with the national team or, or at PSG, it's just my goodness, you love the guys, but they just have been on the wrong end of so many just terrible, awful results. And the quality is there, but they just have no luck at all. And so I don't know what's going on with Marquinhos. I I think, um, you know, he's not your your typical center back, is he? He's sort of slight of frame. He's not the biggest guy. And I don't know. Maybe he's not as fast to keep up with some of the attackers um, that have been scoring on him. And so I don't know. I, we saw, what was it, uh, Tuchel moved him as a defensive midfielder. Maybe that's really where he should be. Maybe that's a position that um, uh, Gaultier could move him and, and try him out. I thought he played really well there. You know, Tuchel went on and won, won a Champions League, so I think he knows what he's doing. You know, maybe we move him around a little bit. But the problem with that is PSG don't have a ton of depth when it comes to center back. So it's kind of like we're kind of stuck playing with Marquinhos there and just kind of have to live with those mistakes. Um, Moving on in that Strasbourg match, um, Neymar sent off, diving, um, second yellow, he was sent off. You mentioned our our friend there, Turpan, uh, is the official. What did you think about that uh, Neymar being sent off? Hard done, well-deserved. What do you think? Uh, I would say the second yellow, he, he definitely dove, and that was definitely yellow-worthy. But the the foul just a minute or two before should never have been a yellow. I don't know what Turpin was thinking. Uh, just go back and look at that. He, I mean, Neymar had been uh, sort of hit in, in a very similar way mm-hmm. not two minutes before that, and I'm not even sure Turpin called uh, a foul and then as soon as Neymar does pretty much the same thing uh, he gets a yellow for it so I just feel like the consistency from officiating wasn't there I also saw a stat that game where I think Strasbourg had 13 or 14 fouls and they only had one yellow uh, I think we only had uh, we had something like five fouls the whole game and four of them were cards so it's just yeah it was it was kind of shambolic officiating I think but you know, we got the win. It's all that matters. But, yeah, Neymar's got to be, uh, I mean, just about the diving. It, he, I feel like maybe right now, which which is understandable, he, you know, kind of got put through the, the ringer for not winning the World Cup, even though he did nothing uh, really at fault. I mean, he was out for a lot of the group stage, but I would not say that he was detrimental to Brazil at all. Obviously, I think he played real well, and, he was just unfortunate to have uh, his teammates not play well in defense, and then the penalty shootout went against him. But um, I just think his head maybe isn't there right now. He's probably just real. Um, yeah, I, I think we've seen, and not that this is a bad thing, um, but I think he's just he wears his emotions on his sleeve, and uh, I think that just kind of got the best of him there, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is a case where I, I see what he's trying to do. You, you, gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it, but Neymar has the reputation of going down easy. I think Gaultier just needs to go to him. And unless you feel contact, unless someone is actually hitting you, don't go down in the box. It's more than likely going to go against you. We have VAR now. Like you're, you really can't deceive people uh, anymore in, in the game. I mean, you can try some, maybe get away with it, but Again, Neymar, it's very unlikely he's going to get away with anything. I would just say, unless you're actually hit, don't go down. Just stay up, play on, and, and see what happens from there. You, you, uh, loads of quality. You should be able to convert that. Stay on your feet. If nothing else, you'll gain hopefully a little bit more respect from non-PSG fans who just see you as always diving. I just think for his brand and PSG, what he did there probably wasn't 
great. So um, yeah, I would just tell them, don't go down unless someone uh, actually touches you. So, but prior to the Strasbourg match, a little bit off the field news was made. Um, I somewhat surprisingly, I, I wasn't as dialed in. You know, we were you know right around the holidays there. But I saw like, oh, PSG announced that Marco Verratti had signed a contract extension through 2026. He's obviously PSG's best midfielder, um, and I would say probably one of the best in Europe. Either what does it say for PSG that Mbappe, Verratti, Neymar, and likely Messi, we'll have to see, but all of them have signed um, contracts to extend their stay in Paris. A lot of people see PSG as this, club that people just get paid and they don't really care and all that but these very you know very good players world-class players in their prime are choosing to stay at PSG so what does that say for the club I would say that means they I mean you got to believe in the sporting project if you're gonna you know extend especially that's that's it's probably entirely why well I mean the he also got a nice pay raise uh, us in Madrid we're bidding a lot of money, uh, you know, salary-wise for his extension. But you got to believe in the sporting project to to stay, especially at a club like PSG, where you know it's, um, you know, kind of like the Bundesliga. It's a basically a one-club league most years. You know that PSG are almost always going to win Liga. You know, you know, same as how you know Bayern's always going to win the Bundesliga. But the fact that we we're able to lock in these guys, I mean. They, Verratti loves the club. Uh, I think he's even maybe a French citizen now. And um, they just, they've bought into what uh, Campos is doing. And uh, Nasser's always been, uh, from what I uh, understand, Nasser's always been a really good, uh, you know, advocate for the players. And he's always kind of got their back with stuff. He can be, you know, Nasser's, Nasser's got his flaws uh, as well, of course, uh, like, like anyone does. But, um, yeah, they they bought into the sporting project, and um, a lot of those guys, I know they're dying to, uh, you know, they they want to be able to say at the end of their careers, you know, I was a starter, I was a contributor to that first Champions League in Paris. So I would say that's that's the driver, and um, yeah, the the club is obviously there's still a lot of dead weight from the Leonardo days, but um, the the club is moving in the right direction, and I, I the, these kind of guys they wouldn't stay if they didn't think it was uh, doing so. And I, I know I've probably beaten a dead horse with this, but I always say being part of PSG, bringing their first Champions League is more impressive than anything. You know, Roddy went to Manchester United. They've won everything. You know, okay, great. Maybe you win a Premier League title or Champions League, but they've, they've got a trophy case full of those. At, at PSG, you're really working towards something that has never been done, and that's winning a Champions League. And I just think that would be fantastic if you can be a part of that journey. Uh, Verratti has been here, my goodness, almost since the beginning of the QSI era. I mean, he's he's a special player. We've seen him grow up to now being one of the best midfielders in Europe, as I stated before. But I think overall, with Mbappe staying and Neymar, I think you also have to look at the the quality of life living in Paris you know, you could go, I mentioned Manchester United, but we know how Angel Di Maria, how much he enjoyed living there. I think a lot of footballers, you know, they can make a lot of money anywhere. They can win trophies once you're at that level. At pretty much any club that would want you, you could win something, whether it's a, a league a trophy or the the championship, uh, Champions League, anything like that. But um, I, I think players want to be in a place where they're happy, where it feels like home, that has lots of opportunities for them, maybe off the pitch. 
Um, and what better place than Paris? It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And so I think a lot of these guys come in here and they're like, wait, I can make money. I can win titles. And I live in a beautiful city and I have all these opportunities and Paris Fashion Week and all that. We've seen the players enjoy that. So I think that also plays a role in players when they get here wanting to stay. Any truth to that, do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, if 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 you just think that that players will look to sign for a club because, you know, oh, it's just a sporting project and I want to win you know, this and that trophy. Uh, it's obviously way more than that. Um, it's it's just the same way in the U.S. You hear guys uh, decline to extend with teams that they're on and they, you know, they either stay in the city where they're at or they, they move. And a lot of it is because they're like, you know, oh, I want to put my kids in this certain school. Or uh, like you were saying with Di Maria, his wife hated Manchester. And, uh, you know, so they, they got out of there pretty quick. The quality of life definitely does uh, make a huge difference on on where guys want to play and where they want to spend uh, their career. Yeah, it's it's not just you know what's the squad look like that 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 is it, obviously it's the biggest part of it, but I bet it's probably not even half of the entire uh, in, entire picture for for a lot of guys. For sure, yeah, we've seen you know in the NBA players want to go to Los Angeles or Miami, and you know, we we forget these guys are in their early twenties, millions and millions of dollars. A lot of them are single. If that were me, I know I would want to be in Paris, that's for sure. You know, looking around Europe, where you could go, you know, London would be fun, of course. And um, But, yeah, it's hard to beat Paris. So uh, moving on, Ethan, we'll go back on the pitch. So we'll move on to the, the loss to Lons, uh 3-1 defeat. I thought PSG fielded a pretty decent starting lineup here. I'm just looking at it. You know, Ekatike was out there, Mbappe. Um, Verratti, Hakimi were all out there. Marquinhos and Ramos, Donnarumma. So pretty solid starting eleven. Um, what concerns you the most about that match? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I feel like we. I mean, this is. I feel like this is pretty uh, hit or miss. But um, our our finishing was not very clinical. We had a good amount of chances. I mean, if we were really up to the task, that game could have ended three three. Uh, but we just kind of didn't convert, and uh, yeah, it's just whenever we we kind of had steam, you know, when we whenever we were kind of making up ground and the game was starting to move into our favor, uh, Frank Hayes over at, at Lawns, their their manager and the team, they just played so I know um they just kind of snuffed out whatever we were we were ever trying to do, and um, I know Seko Fofana, uh, I wanted PSG to sign him last year, but he was super good for them, probably man of the match for me. Um, I know Openda got a goal and an assist for them, but I, I strongly believe that that matches are typically won in the midfield, and he was just better than Verratti that day, and he almost outplayed all of our midfielders by himself. Um, you know, yeah, tough loss. Uh, I kind of equate it similar to if you watch the uh, Villarreal-Real Madrid match uh, today, where we're doing this on Saturday. Um, on Saturday, and it was sort of the same thing. Uh, Villarreal just came out super strong. You could tell they were had been waiting for that match, and um, Real Madrid fielded a very strong lineup as well, but uh, they kind of just played right into Villarreal's strengths. Uh, Villarreal was clinical, kind of just the same thing here. Uh, Lons, they took their chances when they had them. Uh, they seemed to not tire when, I mean, they were pressing. They'd go some windows where they weren't pressing like crazy, but they pressed very high and and frequently throughout the whole match, and 
they honestly never seem to get tired. So it's it's super tough when we're coming off. You know, we're not totally match fit, all the guys, and trying to pass through a, a crazy good press like that. It was it was just a little too much. So yeah, we mentioned at the start of the show that I mean, just Lons and their fans were just waiting for PSG to go in there. It was a a cauldron of noise. I mean, those fans were just fired up. Uh, you mentioned Fofana. Still don't know why PSG didn't sign him. We need help in the midfield. He was there for the taking, and we just kind of left him there. And he came back and just bossed the midfield there. Uh, I always thought uh, over at Lons Club, Maurice, he's on loan from Nice, I believe. He's a player I've always rated. He he got on the score sheet there. Um, it just was a case of PSG kind of going in there, and their manager just had it all figured out. And PSG were... Just second best on that night. You mentioned we had our chances. I think I'm looking at the stats here. Six total shots on target, but 16 shots in all. So PSG were were you know plenty more shots. They had more possession, more passes, better pass accuracy. Um, but Lons, just looking at the stat, they had 16 fouls. So they were definitely you know getting physical with PSG. We know what can happen for PSG when that happens. I think for me to answer my own question is what bothers me the most is this was while not a Champions League quality opponent, it was that sort of atmosphere. And again, PSG did have a really good starting lineup. This wasn't like what we saw against Chateau. Um PSG came out there and just looked lost. Every time I looked up, Marquinhos was just sprinting trying to catch one of their attackers who were just clear on goal. Um, we were getting beat on set pieces. Um, Don Roma looked a little bit shaky. This is just, I, I would say that this was like a really good test. Let's also not forget that Lons right now are sitting only four points behind PSG in the league on table. So this is a really good team. Again, not Champions League quality, but on the road against a really solid opponent. I'm a little bit concerned that we didn't show up a little bit better than this. 3-1 is disappointing. We did have our chances, but these are games that PSG either have to win or look really good and maybe just, you know, lose by a goal and unfortunate mistake or whatever. But I I just expected more from PSG in this game. This was a really good test and um, unfortunate to go down. And and we've got a race uh, in, in France. You know, Marseille are in third, not too far behind. But yeah, PSG and Lons for the title here. You think we'll have a, a title race going in the second half of the season? I, I think we'll probably win, uh, not as comfortable as, as usual. I know we typically win by like 10 to 12 points every season uh, in the seasons we do win. But I suspect at the end of the day, we'll probably win by, I don't know, we'll probably win with like two two games to spare or something like that. But um, my issue is with uh, Lons' squad is you said they're not Champions League quality, although um, that's that's a fair point. But like they they'll be in the Champions League next year, obviously once they finish uh, second. I'm assuming I don't think Marseille is going to catch up to them. Um, I mean Marseille didn't even look good in their last match. Who they play in the league? I forget who they played last week. Uh, hey, I'm I know fine were... if Marseille don't make it. That's fine. Uh, looks well, like yeah, they play. Yeah, they were in the I French think... Cup against Higher. Oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, was they today. Yeah, or today, yeah, Montpellier. Uh, they they won. It was Montpellier. Yeah, they didn't even look that good against Montpellier. But um, Lons will finish second almost certainly. And um, my my issue is that you know, like Lille in the past, like Monaco in the past, they're going to make the Champions League. They're going to sell their three most valuable players, and then they're going to put up a stinker in Europe. Uh, that's obviously the the huge issue with with league eyes. You know, it's the league's getting better. The financial stability is finally kind of getting there where teams don't have to be selling clubs all the time just to stay alive. But 
Uh, they'll probably just sell off their best players. Probably finish last in their Champions League group, you know, just behind third and uh, kind of like kind of like Marseille this year. Um, although no, they weren't coming off like a title-winning season or anything. Um, they don't win trophies anymore. But um, yeah, it's just it, it's kind of a bummer that I'm hoping Lons can hold on to their guys. I'm hoping they. I mean, we need a couple good teams um, in like consistent teams in Europe every year that uh, you know kind of show up and. Uh, it was Leon for a while. Obviously, they made that Champions League semifinal a couple years ago, the year that we made the final. But right. like I said, it's just the consistency is not there with these clubs. So obviously, I hope they don't beat us to the title. Uh, but I hope they get give us a good fight, uh, kind of make us work for it a bit. And then I hope next year they just – I hope they get out of the group in the Champions League. That would be super nice for friends. Yeah, help that coefficient. And a uh, friend of the podcast, Jonathan Johnson, I know is is always wanting Lons to do well. And back when they were in the second division there, and they, as we saw with the fans, I mean, they are well-supported, rabid fan base. They really get behind their team. So, yeah, I, I would love for them to stay up there, be consistent, hold on to some of their players. Other than Fofana, I'll take them at PSG. But, um, yeah, it, they are a really uh, solid team. Because we've seen some other teams, you know, Bordeaux and some other teams that are typically in the upper echelon of the French League kind of dip down. So, um, hopefully they can stay up. So, we'll have to keep an eye on them. But um, in that match against Lons, Ekatike uh, was the only one who got on the score sheet. Uh, he also scored against Chateau on Friday in the Coupe de France and PSG's win over them. So, for you, Ethan, has the youngster earned more playing time, whether it's Champions League or Ling Ong or whatever? Do you think he's earned that? Do you think he can fit somewhere in, especially if Messi's not ready to come back yet or you maybe move him on the wing? Do you think Galtier can get creative? Because this is a player that I really, really like what I'm seeing. That goal he scored against Long was nice. And um, just curious what you're seeing from him and if you think he's earned some more playing time amongst the, uh, the world-class players Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. Yeah, I think the squad ro- rotation, excuse me, squad rotation is going to have to happen. And I definitely think he should get more minutes. I think, I mean, you you don't want to think, oh, you know, two goals. That could be, you know, kind of standalone, uh, you know, isolated cases. But I feel like he is starting to figure it out. His positioning is getting a lot better. I feel like he is becoming a, uh, a bit of a, a poacher, which is good, you know, cleaning up loose balls like in the uh, – match against uh, Chateau the other day. He um, he nearly that, I think it was the one that put us up 2-1 that I forget who buried that. But Ekitike, he ran in the box, had a good, strong header. If it wasn't right at the keeper, that would have been an emphatic uh, headed, headed goal. Um, and I think what maybe Soler was the one on the rebound. can't remember. but um, Yeah, I think yeah, Soler in the 78th yeah, minute, yeah. But Ekitike could easily could have had a brace. Of course, it's just Chateau there in the champion championnat national, you know, the the third division, but it was uh it was promising. Um, but the one against Lons as well. Um I'm actually spacing how he scored that right now. Um It was like he he his first touch was amazing and then he got another touch and was able to bury it. I, you mentioned his positioning. He was right where he needed to be. Yeah. It was a beautiful goal. I, I remember now. Yeah, it was a nice one-two with uh, – it might have been with Garby. I, uh, I can't remember who assisted. But, yeah, I remember now. It was a nice one-two. And, um, yeah, he's I th- he's definitely earning it. I mean, like I said, we're going to have to rotate the squad. You know, against teams like – you know, I'm just looking at the teams coming up. Uh, Angers, Montpellier, uh, Toulouse. um 
Nault. I know Nault have been in bad form this year. He needs to get minutes against those guys solely because we just we can't be playing uh, M&M every single match, you know, for the rest of the season. They can't be playing two matches a week until June. So uh, I think he's he's earned it. I, he's probably figuring it out. Obviously, we're not out there at the Camp de Loge on the training pitch with him, but it looks like he's figuring it out. And um, I do like that he's a good aerial presence. You know, we don't have the best. We're not a great crossing team. But if, uh, you know, Bernat's not a bad crosser, although he's, I know people have been criticizing him lately, but uh, if if he is good at one thing, I'd say he's a very good attacking wing back. And I think he's the kind of guy that that could assist Ekitike a lot, uh, you know, sending in those crosses. And um, yeah, I, I hope he he's an interesting player. We haven't had a, a player with his exact skill set at the club in a little while, and I think it could be a nice change. I think you know, variety is 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 good. I would say. One of the things that I think has hurt us in the past is we sign players and even if we have depth, which we haven't often had depth, but when we do, uh, the the player that's subbed on for the guy that comes off is a very similar player to the, the guy that he just replaced. And the opposition doesn't need to change a lot to, uh, you know, kind of snuff that out and uh, just kind of neutralize him. So, um, yeah, I would say he's a good He's a good piece. I guess that was kind of an elaborate explanation, but that's that's my take on him. No, you're fine. I'm watching the goal against Lonzo. It was Mukiele who saved the ball from going out, and then Ekitike um, just kind of almost kicked the ball out of the Lonzo goalkeeper's hand, and then with his right foot just was able to get to it before any of the defenders and, and finish it off there. So it was a fantastic goal, just taking the ball right out of the goalkeeper's hands there. And and then also yeah, yeah. to your point, I saw that Leprisian, um, it was um, translated by our good friends, PSG Hub, um, but PSG are not pl- planning to sign a midfielder. Warren Zaire Emery um, is a solid player, and they intend to offer him even more playing time. So you, you, Gaultier, we know that he likes to play the younger uh, players out there and his whole background and so he's giving Ekatike and apparently Zaire Emery chances and uh, we saw against Chateau which just looking at that starting lineup you had some you know Bitsyabu who unfortunately had an own goal in that one I believe um, yeah, or maybe yeah. not yeah I don't know how it was officially scored but yeah yeah but he was out there and Zaire Emery was there and Garby is fantastic player and of course Ekatike was there so um any thoughts on, I mean, you mentioned it's a third-tier French team, so, you know, not going to get too excited, but the youngsters didn't embarrass themselves. They looked like they were supposed to be out there and saw plenty of quality there, but any overall thoughts on that one? That was the most recent match. Yeah, uh, Warren Zaire Emery is, I'm, I'm super high on him. I think he's going to be really good. I feel like at the last couple of years, as supporters, we've always had some midfielder to be really excited about. Last year was is Simons before he left. For uh, PSV right now, it's obviously Warren Zaire Emery. Although you know there was a little there was hype about him last year and the year before that, but um, yeah, I think he did well. Uh, I, I think other than the the own goal or like we said, uh, we don't know officially how it was counted, but uh, Bichiabu basically had an own goal uh, on that uh, there in the the first half. But other than that, Bichiabu didn't do bad. He's a great you know I think he's something like six six or something. So huge aerial presence yeah. uh, with with him and uh, with him and Marquinhos, which like you said, Marquinhos is 
he's smaller, but he's also very good in the air. Uh, if if those two are ever in a in a starting lineup together, playing side by side, I would hope that we don't allow a headed goal in that game, uh, because I I won't know. I, I'm not going to know how it gets past him. So, uh, but yeah, Bichiabo honestly did solid. I know he had to cover for for uh, Juan Bernat a couple times, just because, like I said earlier, uh, Bernat is such an attack focused wing back, and uh, yeah, Bichiabo had to kind of cover his tracks and and almost move out to uh, the wing at times. But yeah, he was good. Uh, uh, Ilias Husni almost scored there at the very end of the, the cup match the other day. And I, I wanted him to bury that. That would have been so fun. Um, but, you know, he only got a couple minutes, but that good chance, uh, I just wish he'd, he'd, he had buried it. But I know we scored on that, that uh, bit of play anyway. But uh, the one guy that didn't get any playing time, uh, Eamon uh, Kari, I believe that's how you say his first name. And last night, I could be, you know, I've never heard it out loud, but yeah. um, I think it's safe say he didn't get any playing time, I don't think, which I was bummed. But out of the four or five or six promising guys coming up through the youth academy, four of them got minutes that game. So I think real, real good sign for the club. Yeah, excited about that. And Ilya's uh, Husni is definitely a player a lot of people are high on. Um, signed his first pro contract with PSG, what it was about a week or so ago. So, you know, PSG not only signing these guys, but playing them. So maybe the, the days of them leaving to go to the Bundesliga, uh, any of those kind of mid-tier German clubs or Leipzig or whatever, maybe hopefully those days are over. We can keep these guys, get them some playing time, and see what they turn into. Maybe they're first-teamers. Maybe we sell them for a ton. Um, but it's better than just letting them walk, you know, for free and, and then kind of blow up elsewhere. So um, glad to see these guys getting some run. Again, it was just Chateau in the, in the Coupe de France, but... Love to see it. Love to see these youngsters get out there. So that was fun. Um, let's talk. We haven't talked too much about Messi, but when do we think we'll see him play? I'm not sure if there's been any official word, but if not, do you have a, a guess of when we'll see Messi come out and, and suit up for PSG and start? Uh, as far as, well, I know, we. I think we all probably saw on social media that he got back to Paris yes. just a couple days ago. You know, they uh, everyone gave him the guard of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, out on the training pitch, but uh, I'm not sure if he. I guess it, the days are kind of flying by. On the match against Angers is pretty soon. It's just a couple days away. Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. It's on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't think he'll play that. Uh, he'll probably start against against Ren, though. I would imagine, or uh, yeah, probably start and get 60, 70 minutes. That'd be my guess. Um, because then I know. Yeah, I mean, you know the. The Coupe de France uh, draw for the round of 32, I think it's round of 32, um, wherever we're at in it, it is tomorrow, and our match, I believe, is going to be on the 22nd. So uh, if, if he plays against Ren, then he'll have, uh, which we're going to talk about in a bit, have that really random, probable uh, friendly out in Saudi Arabia. But, you know, he could, he could play against Ren and then uh, maybe play in that cup match if if it's a, a league opponent or league, league de opponent. But yeah, probably the fifteenth. Uh, probably not later than that. I, th- I think he probably wants to get back to it. I'm a little worried about bringing him first match back since the World Cup away at Ren. We always know they just give us all kinds of trouble. I could see PSG definitely losing that one. Um, I, I would almost wonder if you bring him back at, at you know either that friendly, which we'll talk about in a minute, or um, a home match um, maybe on the January 29th against Stade Reims. So um, it'll be interesting. But real quick, you mentioned the. What is it? The the guard of honor. 
Uh, Mbappe was missing. The Mbappe we all know, but his brother, Ethan, um, right? Ethan Mbappe. Yep. He was there, and he kind of got caught by the cameras sort of glaring at Messi as he came through, and we know that Kylian Mbappe wasn't there, so... And this is all stupid, but anything to read into there? I mean, do you think there's some bad blood between the Mbappes and Messi? No, I, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. As soon as I, I saw that, and I think Bleacher Report, uh, BR Football posted that, and I was just thinking in my head, oh, great. There's the uh, there's the tabloid of the week, of the week for him, so I hope they, they have fun with that. But, yeah, I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, I, in, in his defense... Uh, is he supposed to be super happy that he just watched his brother lose the World Cup final? Um, you know, he's. I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll be a professional about it. Uh, I mean, he's. He's also a guy to look out for uh, in the future. I get. I, I bet he'll get first team minutes in the next season or two. Probably next season. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't look into it at all. I mean, yeah, he's. He, he's not thrilled that you know. His country and his brother failed to win the World Cup. You know, sue him. What, what are you supposed to do? And uh, he's looking at the guy that single, basically single-handedly uh, deprived them of that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a – I think it's it, – there's a professional – I don't know how to say this, but there's probably a, a professional, uh, you know, not disdain, but disliking right now. Just thinking, you know, yeah, that, that guy got one over over us. Um, but like I said, there, I'm sure he's not, you know, immature about this and he knows that's just how football works, but no, I don't, I wouldn't look into it. It's, it's, it was fun for the media though. I knew they'd really uh, sink their jaws into that one. I think if it was Neymar who won, I think there would be some real animosity there, but the fact that it was messy, I mean, everyone loves Messi. It's hard to not like him. He, He is probably the best footballer that's ever put on boots. And he he's at the end of his career. He finally won a World Cup. Like, it's hard to get angry at that. He's been working for, you know, years and years, decades, trying to get to that point. He finally did it. So it's kind of like you tip your cap. Okay, you know, you finally won. You can't get too upset. But I do think if it was uh, Neymar who had won that, I think Mbappe would be a little bit more fired up about that one. Um, so anyway, but yeah, that was the fun tabloid, uh, PSG tabloid of the week. So thought we'd have a little fun there and talk about that one. But Ethan, we are in January. We're January 7th. We are recording this. Um, so the transfer window is officially open. As always, PSG mentioned in the rumor mill, mostly to inflate wages and transfer fees for other players and teams. Um, but there is some news. I, I saw, you know, Keeler Navas could be on the move potentially, uh, Manu Kone of Gladbach, um, PSG, I think Fabrizio Romano have reported PSG is in contact with him among some other clubs. Overall, I mean, how much business do you expect PSG to do in January? Are there any names out there that you think, oh, PSG, if that guy's available, have to go for him? Just anything there on the transfer rumor mill circuit that's got you kind of your ears perked up there? Um, I would say maybe the one thing is, um, and who knows if this is even true, but uh, Milan Skriniar, apparently uh, contract extensions and negotiations are getting rough with Inter. So if that collapses, I think I saw some random report, who even knows how valid it is, but said something about if they don't have a deal or, you know, 
essentially have a deal done by January 20th, then they might look to sell him uh, just to make a little bit of money. I don't know how true that is, but um, obviously I think he would be a really good, um, obviously a good addition for us. But um, I, I tweet about this a lot um, on uh, on the, that's where I'm most active as, as you know, and as uh, most people listening probably know, but um, financial fair play has been kind of on us for a while. I know people kind of joke, oh, PSG can just defeat financial fair play. Um, we are the most penalized club in FFP history. So, um, you know, we've paid more fines than any other club has. That is what I'm saying due to, you know, paying over that threshold that that UEFA deems acceptable. Um, I would be very surprised if we spent more than 25 mil this January. I don't think we'll buy anyone, but if we do, I would be very shocked if we spend more than 25 mil. And I guess I'm saying that as a as a net spend. So if we sell, I know Sarabia might want to leave. If we sell Sarabia for 10, 15 mil, whatever he's worth, then maybe we shell out, you know, 30 or uh, 30 probably too much at this point for Skriniar, but maybe two players. I, I would be pretty surprised if it was over 20 mil net spend, just because FFP is kind of on us. Um, we we shouldn't be spending money. We you know, people say that we have, you know, other people say we have unlimited pockets, but uh, we really don't. And I think it's good that I used to kind of be against FFP, but personally, I think it's pretty good for the the sport as long as it's implemented right, which obviously that's the kicker. I'm not sure if the current system is super great. I'm not an expert at it, but I don't see us having the, I don't think UEFA is going to let us pay that much um, for anyone this this winter. And if we do, then, you know, we're not trying to get because the, the fines just get larger as yeah. you uh yeah so i think we had to pay 10 mil this last time and i think next time we're going to be threatened with 25 mil if we break it so i mean imagine if we did that and broke it we're essentially paying double the transfer fee for whoever we might buy and that's just not worth it so i don't see us doing any i i think uh maybe nasser or campo said this but something like we got to sell someone to buy someone Mm-hmm. And I, I believe him in that. I think they said that this last week. I don't think we're going to buy anyone if uh, if no one at all uh, leaves for a transfer fee. Not not for a loan. Yeah. We're going to need to make money off of a sale in order to do anything. Yeah. I mean, Keylor Navas could go, but I kind of like having there, him there as an insurance policy on Donnarumma. I just look at the squad. I, I don't love all of our midfielders, but I guess midfielders can be expensive, and I think we're probably can get by with who we have, uh, barring you know hopefully no catastrophic injuries. I, it's just our center backs. Kimpembe, you know he missed the World Cup due to injury. We've talked about Marquinhos earlier. Do we, you know, old man Sergio Ramos? <laughs> hopefully he's not listening to this, but you know what I'm saying. It's like. I don't love our center backs. I love our full backs, but I think if you can get Skriniar, I don't I don't know. Maybe could you do a loan with a option to buy in the summer and try to kick that can down the street before you have to write the big check? Like, I don't know. Could you get creative? Could you do some kind of swap deal with Inter? Ooh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think if you can get creative, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I don't think yeah, just because his contract ends in six uh, months, I don't yeah. I don't think a, a loan is possible. It, we're going to either buy him or try and get him in the uh, summer if he's a free agent. That is, if he doesn't extend with Inter, which who knows? I guess we'll find out. But 
Yeah, the, it's it's so weird how we'll go between feeling really good about a center back or two, and then, you know, a, a month later, it's like, man, they've been really out of form for the last couple, you know, matches, and um, I just don't think, and yeah, and, you know, a lot of our, like, like you kind of touched on a second ago, uh, some of our midfielders have been pretty disappointing. Obviously, Ronaldo Sanchez has uh, been, you know, uh, a bit disappointing, and um, a lot of people are kind of down on Carlos Soler. I think he's a really good attacking uh, mid, not not an attacking midfielder, but he's a midfielder with these late runs into the attack. And I feel like when games get chaotic, he's a uh, he's a good player to have, as uh, you know, everyone will be focusing on what M and M are doing, and then Solaire comes out of nowhere and and bags a goal. Um, he's he's a good poacher when when he needs to be. So I think I think all the guys have potential though. Uh, maybe they're not super diverse. Renato is not the best passer, but he's a very gr- good dribbler. Um, like I just touched on Soler's strengths. Uh, Fabian Ruiz, I feel like he, I haven't honestly had a bunch of opportunities to watch him. He hasn't got a bunch of minutes, but I feel like he's kind of solid all around. I don't feel like he has any uh, massive strength or weakness, but yeah, just, I mean, I, I think. It's just tough to say. I hope we're playing our best football when February rolls around, but that is in just a month, and um, I guess we will uh, see. I, th- I think we're going to have to stick with who we got right now. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Soler. Um, Eduardo Razo, who writes for PSGtalk.com, has got a piece on uh, apparently Atletico Madrid are interested in him. So unlikely. I mean, he just came in. I don't know if we would sell our loan, but... You never know. He wants more playing time. Maybe he could be included in a deal for Zhao Felix, potentially. I know that Felix wants out. So could we do something there? Throw in Solaire, lower that transfer fee, or hopefully maybe they pay Zhao Felix's wages. I don't know if something could be done there creatively. But uh, any thoughts on maybe Zhao Felix coming in and we just go all in on just scoring 20 goals a game? Gosh, I would uh, – oh, man, I don't think that would be a wise move to go all in on attack. But um, Xiao Felix, I think, would be a really good, really nice fit, you know, to honestly take over an attack as Neymar – Neymar's still in his prime, I would say. But, you know, Messi's getting old. Yeah. He's 35 or so. But um, the one issue I have with, with the Xiao Felix deal is apparently Atletico Madrid want – they want like 120 million or something for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we couldn't pay that this winter if we wanted. We might not be able to pay that next summer even if we wanted. So uh, I'm not sure they're going to get anyone paying 120 for him, especially how out of form he's been in, uh, or out of form he's been. If he was lighting it up like he was a couple years ago, then yeah, I think someone a Premier League team would probably bite on that. But it's it's like if right now we tried to tell someone that they had to pay, uh, I don't know, 70 mil for Renato Sanchez. Like no one's going to do that. You know, that's, that's a, that's an extreme over evaluation uh, of his price. So yeah, not at that price. Um, but maybe if he forces his hand and says, look, I'm getting out of here or I'm not going to play. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll be forced to deal, deal, deal him away for a lot less. That would be, then maybe we'd have a, a chance. Yeah, we'll have to see. It's unlikely. I think Arsenal's linked with him as well. Um, so we'll have to see if that is a deal that can be done. I think your points are well taken that probably not going to see 
ton of players coming in in January, maybe one, but I could certainly see a couple of players go out on loan, maybe a, a sale, but I just don't see the squad, unfortunately, changing too much. January is always difficult. Players are overvalued, as you just mentioned with Xiao Felix. So I'd be surprised if anything is done. I always, you know, maybe January is where we shop local and we find an under the radar league on defender that we think could come in and, you know, do a job for us, maybe backing up Marquinhos or Sergio Ramos. Again, as an insurance policy, just have someone there. But we have Bitsyabu, who we just talked about, uh, played well in that one mistake, but uh, tons of quality. I don't know if we could play him in the Champions League, but could he fill in league on duty while we give another player a break, Sergio Ramos, for example. So maybe this is where, you know, we just got to tap into that youth and get us through the season and, and see how things play out. Um with Mbappe playing the way that he is, maybe we don't even really need a defense. He'll just keep scoring goals and we'll be all good. So, uh, But looking ahead, Ethan, uh, PSG's next fixture is against Angers, as we mentioned, on January 11th at the park, and then an always difficult test away at Rennes. But uh, annoyingly, I'll say, PSG will play a friendly against a Saudi all-star team. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but that game's going to be on January 19th. The headline here is that Cristiano Ronaldo uh, could be playing Messi. Ronaldo just moved to um, Al Nasser, I think, in the Saudi Arabian team. So if Messi's back and plays, it could be Ronaldo versus Messi. Um, that could be interesting. Um, but what are your thoughts on this game? It's right in the middle of PSG getting back into the swing of things after the World Cup. They've got to fly to Saudi Arabia, then fly back. A lot of fixtures coming up. Bayern's on the horizon. I don't love it. What do you say? No, I, I think that a neutral fan, someone who uh, isn't, you know, a supporter of, of the club, they'll probably love it. You know, oh, one last, you know, messy Ronaldo matchup. But uh, yeah, like you were saying, we play at Rennes on the fifteenth. Supposedly, this Saudi Saudi All Star team will will be playing a friendly on the nineteenth. So what we're gonna go to Rennes get back and then what fly to Saudi Arabia the next day or two days later. And then right after that, I know our uh, Coupe de France match, our next one, the draw is tomorrow on the 8th. Uh, it'll, the match will likely be on January 22nd. So what well, we're going to have three days from that friendly to a Coupe de France match, which who knows who we're going to draw. We could draw a team from the fifth division. We could draw Marseille. Uh, I, I do not love the timing of this. Maybe they should have done this as a, you know, this would have been a great idea to do for a, um, a preseason friendly. So play this in July, uh, you know, mid-July. It'd be really hot there, but, you know, they'd, they'd manage. They could just do water breaks. But that, this would be a, such a, a fun thing for, you know, non-PSG fans in uh, the preseason. But this is just awful timing, in my opinion. Yeah. You, you, do you have any specific thoughts on it or that's kind of just my take on it? Uh, I just think it's, yeah, I just think it's stupid, especially coming off the World Cup in Qatar. You just had this midseason break. What is the point of this? Are you getting are you getting paid? I mean, PSG don't really need the money. It's also like Saudi Arabia and PSG is owned by QSI, Qatar. So it's like that's weird from like a geopolitical Stands like I just don't understand anything about this. I don't know why it was signed off on. Maybe we'll see down the road something will come PSG's way, but I, I don't see how PSG wins in this at all. 
you know, it's just the the jet lag and everything else. It's like, why why put your players through this? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. It's weird that uh, you know you mentioned geopolitical. I think this might be a. Uh, I mean, we know uh, if you don't know the sport, uh, the term sports washing, just look it up on Google. But um, I'm sure Saudi Arabia and and Qatar are both guilty of that. But I think this could be sort of a uh, sports washing slash. Maybe this is a, a, a random little thing to try and mend uh, a bit of a bond between the two countries. Um, you know, say, hey, we're we're willing to basically take our uh, our our club owned by QSI, take them to Saudi Arabia, and uh, it'll be a fun little thing for for both countries to get a little bit of press out of it. Um, and I'm sure we're making a lot of money. I'm sure they're paying the club a lot, but yeah, like you said, we don't need it. Um, I think, uh, you know, as far as financially, uh, once we signed Messi, you know, we sold probably enough jerseys to where we shouldn't have to schedule silly little friendlies like this, um, at least at this part of the year. But, yeah, it's it's a weird thing overall. Just do this in July. Don't do this in January. And, um, yeah, and, and moving off of that, throw a little curveball because this topic just came to mind for some reason, and I wanted to get your thoughts, and maybe some of our listeners are curious about this as well. Uh, but we talked about the the Coupe de France and the match against Chateau, but a lot of people were like, where can I watch this game? Where is it? And there's been a lot of back and forth about who in the United States is going to have the Coupe de France rights, so who will be the, the broadcaster for this. Um, and I'm looking on worldsoccertalk.com. And they reported that it is now um, Fox Sports. So they signed a deal. Um, let's see here. This time, Fox Sports have acquired a Coupe de France rights in the United States to bring French Cup games to viewers. It, it's weird just because B in sports used to have it. And, um, and of course, they broadcast Ligue 1, but the French Cup is going to be on Fox Sports. So did you have any trouble finding the game? Do you have any thoughts on this? I saw someone tweeted at World Soccer Talk and asked them if it meant Fox Sports may get the league on rights, and, and they replied, unlikely. So we're just going to have this like division where the games are on two different networks here in the United States. But good thing, bad thing, any thoughts overall on the, on the current broadcasting uh, situation in the United States? I, I honestly don't know a lot about it, but um, I, it was easy for me to find. It's on the Fox Soccer Plus channel, which uh, I've just got YouTube TV, and I was able to find it pretty easily there. I've been able to watch all the Coupe de France matches. That's how I was uh, you know, able to give you a bit of an update on how the Marseille match went um, and, and other matches. So, no, it's, it's um, yeah, it's on Fo- Fox Soccer Plus. If you've got YouTube TV, you should be able to get it really easily. But outside of that, yeah, it it is definitely weird that they uh, that they've got you know the cup rights somewhere else. But I know uh, the Premier League's like this as well. I think the FA Cup is mostly on ESPN Plus, which is separate from who are they with CBS or something like that. So it's a weird kind of thing where it's not on the same channel. But we are not the only league that that has this issue. So. Yeah, I guess that's not not a lot to say on it, honestly. But, um, you know, if you've got YouTube TV, then you're covered. But other than that, I honestly don't know how you're going to get that channel. It seems I honestly never heard of it. You know, I everyone knows Fox Sports, but Fox Soccer Plus, I'm looking at that thinking like, I don't even, and the, the article you just read off, I don't know when that deal was made, you know? Um, yeah. 
I mean, then again, I don't think any of us had heard of BN Sports until they took over Liga rights. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've just got the weirdest channels uh, broadcasting, PS- and, you know, all French matches in the U.S. And, and what's strange, because I was reading the comments there um, on World Soccer Talk, for me, the Chateau match was still on BN, but it was on like BN Sports Connect 4 the you know their fourth streaming channel that they have so it wasn't even on any fox soccer plus or anything like that and someone else had commented that um you know they, they've got it there too and tomorrow's marseille match is on b and sports connect five so there's like this weird overlay so if you have fubo and you don't get the fox channels check your b and sports connects to see what when you can watch the coupe de france but it's a mess to be honest the whole thing is a mess i wish that like espn or paramount plus or someone would just come in and, and buy it all but it's unlikely with b and sports being you know led by nasser who is also the head of psg it's like they're probably it's going to just stay there we're yeah. just gonna have to suffer yeah we are yeah that's pretty much the way it is so it is not easy watching psg or cheap these channels are not cheap but we love the team so we'll we'll subscribe and all that so uh, but anyway um again looking ahead psg close out january at home against dad to and then it's three matches in february for the clash against bayern on february 14th uh ethan last question for you have you been watching much of bayern or are you gonna save it as we get a little bit closer I, I watch a fair amount of Bayern. Um, my brother is not a huge uh, football guy, but uh, during the COVID pandemic in 2020, I kind of got him into into football a little bit, and he likes Bayern. Uh, and you know, I, I don't blame him. If I was not, if I was a German American, I'd definitely probably support Bayern. And they're a great, well-run club. I got a bunch of respect for them. Um, probably, to me, they're probably the best-run club in uh in the world uh for me maybe yeah i mean them and real madrid obviously but i've just always really respected Bayern. but i watch them a fair amount uh you know they they've had a couple matches uh, similar to the lawns one like kind of like our lawns loss uh earlier this week where they're just losing to a random club um, i also uh watch stuttgart every once in a while and i know uh, gosh maybe i'm mistaken it but i'm pretty sure stuttgart had a 95th minute equalizer in the fall to draw with Bayern. And I'm just thinking like Stuttgart's a, a solid side, very attack uh, heavy, but they, this is, those are teams that they should be beating. Obviously you don't be, have to be in your best form uh, in, you know, titles are not won in September or October, but uh, Bayern's definitely beatable. I think I predicted back when the draw came out, I think we'll, we'll handle them, especially they're really injury ridden right now. Um, uh, Masrawi, I think that's how you say it, is out. He'll probably miss that. Neuer's out. Um, yeah, a couple guys, but um, Hernandez, you know, that, right? He, he was injured in the World oh, Cup. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he tore yeah. his ACL like yeah, right in the first five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, they're they're a good side, but um, I'm actually pretty excited. Um, I will be at that match in Paris uh, on the 14th. It'll be nice. my first. It'll be my first ever Champions League match. Uh, you know that I've seen at, at PSG, um, so I'm sure the atmosphere will be much crazier than the Liga matches I've been to in the past. Um, yeah, and I haven't been back there in a while, so I'm pretty excited, and um, I'm getting there the day of the game. That was the only time I could fly in, so um, yeah, just just know I will be in the stadium, extremely tired when you watch it. So yeah, just just think think of me, pr- pray for me that I uh, can keep my eyes open after being awake for basically 
30 hours straight. Well, we will definitely do a podcast when you get back and settled and hear all about your experience there and how the the match was. Hopefully it's a win. Um, I've been just going back to Bayern. Yeah, definitely good run, uh, well-run club and, and all that. I do get a little tired. Sometimes the Bundesliga can get a little bit, you know, they're like the the rule about how the fans have to own the club and all oh, Qatar this and that. It's like Bayern has Qatar Airways like on their sleeve. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they get a little full of themselves when I don't think they're any better than any other league or any other team that's out there in Europe, to be honest with you. But they they definitely portray that like we're we're better. Our teams are much better than everyone else because we do it the right way, you know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I it is. I think it's a neat thing that it is, uh, you know, publicly owned. Yeah, deep down, you know, except in a for public, Leipzig. Leipzig, I don't believe is. Uh, true. <laughs> well, technically they are, but yeah, there's a there's that loophole. Same yeah. with uh, Hoffenheim and yeah, actually Wolfsburg too. But they're an exception because they were a uh, a, a Volkswagen. They were basically the amateur club team of Volkswagen employees back in the day. But um, yeah, other than those exceptions. I think in a perfect world, it would be nice if every club was uh, run like how the Bundesliga is, requires their clubs to to be run, being publicly owned. But I, I would agree they they are a bit high and mighty um, on themselves. But um, yeah, the funny thing is is that I see so many people claim that, and maybe I, this is just bias, but they claim that oh, you know, Bundesliga defenses aren't as bad as you think they are, but. I'm just I'm never impressed with Bundesliga defenses. Um, I think the reason that Bayern lost to Villarreal last year mm-hmm. was because they do not know how to play against the low block. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'd mentioned this a couple uh, episodes ago, but um, you know, yeah, they. Although I will say I will definitely take a Serie A or Bundesliga Champions League winner over a Spanish or English winner uh, mm-hmm. every day of the week. So I'm always hoping the final is. If it's not us, I'm hoping it's another French club, barring, you know, not Marseille, or uh, an, an Italian or German club. But uh, I kind of get what you're saying there. Yeah. And uh, Bayern currently holds a four-point lead over Freiburg, the vaunted Freiburg uh, team there in second place. So just like PSG, slim lead at the top. So these one team leagues it's closer than you might expect so hopefully we'll have a fun end of the season across europe in the the top leagues there so that'll be interesting we'll keep an eye on Bayern as we get closer to that match all right ethan let's go ahead and get out of here let everyone know how they can find you on twitter yeah on twitter i am at psg underscore boise Fantastic. And you can always follow me at PSG Talk. And don't forget to check out PSGTalk.com. I mentioned Eduardo Razo's out there. Um, Steven's out there writing, churning out the articles. It's The uh, transfer window is open. So definitely got all of your PSG Mercado news and updates there at PSGTalk.com. So thanks for checking that out. And, and thanks for listening and subscribing to this show. We always appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye for now.